We're doing fact or fiction to start off the new week of the Lachlan Giants podcast that's coming up next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Giants podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you, and today's Lockdown Giants episode is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Head on over to Bet Online to check out all they have to offer. Bet Online, where the game starts. And we are going to kick off this week of the Lockdown Giants podcast with a fact or fiction episode. Now, here's how this is going to work. I've gone through some of the most common questions that I've received from you guys and gals for Twitter Tuesday, which, by the way, is tomorrow. More on that later. Um, and I've kind of put together um, some of the opinions that you guys have given me. And uh, I've come up with uh, five things, fact or fiction. I'm going to tell you what, whether I think it's fact or fiction or both. And I'm going to tell you why. And I'm just going to give you all the details behind everything. So that is on today's show. But before we get started with that, I do have an announcement to make. So um, currently, the YouTube channel is at 2,444 uh, subscribers. So what I was thinking is since my next milestone for subscribers on the YouTube channel is 5,000, um, what I will do is I will announce when I hit 2,500 what the promotion will be, what the giveaway will be when I hit 5,000. So in other words, once I hit 2,500 subscribers, I will tell you what is next in the long line of incentives. Now, for those of you who are new, when I hit 1,000, I got a lollipop, an actual lollipop from the Lockdown Network. When I hit 2,000, I got a mug saying you could be in this podcast. So this next promotion, to give you a little bit of a spoiler alert, this is going to be about you folks, all right? It's not going to be what I'm getting. It's going to be something that you will potentially get. So we'll just have to see if we can get those numbers up. And uh, I appreciate everybody who has subscribed, everybody who's checked in, um, dropped comments about the podcast. They've been very positive and you folks are the reason why I keep doing this. And, and I can't thank you enough for making this one of the fastest growing channels in the Lockdown Network. That's right. We've been placing in the top 10 of fastest growing channels. And I owe that all to you folks. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Enough chit chat. Let's get into today's episode, which is fact or fiction. All right. Let's kick it off. All right. Fact or fiction. The New York Giants first two picks will be, in some order, edge and offensive line. And by the way, folks, if you want to participate in these fact or fiction questions, drop a comment below. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on our audio platforms, drop me an email, lockedongiantspodcast at gmail.com, 
or send a message over um, using our new phone number. All that information is in the show notes. So uh, you, you have multiple ways you can kind of get around uh, to, to talking to me. So, all right, fact or fiction? The Giants' first two picks in some order, edge and offensive line. Fiction. What? That's right. I said fiction. All right. What am I smoking? You're probably wondering. Well, I'm not. I also haven't had anything to drink. Um, I gave this some thoughts. Now, look, on the surface, folks, the Giants need offensive line. We can all agree on that. They also could use a stud pass rusher, ideally. But the more I think about this, and I, you know, I'll tell you what's driving this opinion. I went back and I listened to the interviews that Giants.com did with um, the defensive and offensive coordinators, uh, Wink Martindale and Mike Kafka. And I was searching for some clues as to what they might prioritize, what they might believe. And I thought Wink was very, um, a little bit more revealing than Mike Kafka. So Wink Martindale spoke about having cornerbacks that can cover guys who who also had length, good length to them. And you just, you know, I came away with the impression that, yes, it would be nice to have a stud pass rusher. But in terms of positional value, I get the sense that a cornerback is going to be higher ranked on the Giants' wish list in terms of defensive positions than, say, an edge rusher. I suspect that the Giants are going to be able to scheme pressure. And uh, if you watch the program that we did with Coach Gene Clemens, which was, uh, I believe that was Thursday we'd have that show, Coach Gene, I asked him specifically how the Giants could scheme pressure, and he talked about overloading one side of the line, um, certain gap control and exposures and stuff like that. So check that out if you haven't had a chance. That was Thursday's show last week. So that all being said, if you're going to send pressure at the quarterback, you're going to want your back end of the defense to be able to hold its coverage, which is something the Giants really haven't been as sharp doing. So I just get the sense that if it comes down to an edge rusher or a cornerback, if the cornerback has a higher grade, I think that's going to be the pick. I think uh, that's the higher priority based on where we are right now. Now, obviously, we haven't gone through free agency. As I record this, the roster cuts haven't been made, so we don't know what direction that's going in. So I do not think edge rusher will be one of the top picks in the first round. Do I think offensive line will be? Now that depends, all right? I don't think it, it's going to be a guard. I, I can't see the Giants picking an interior offensive lineman with picks five or seven. I, I'd be shocked at that. Now, if there's a solid offensive tackle in there, I think that guy potentially has, um, has a chance of being taken at either five or seven, assuming, of course, the Giants don't trade down. Let's say I have that in there. But... Um, as far as a guard or an interior, actually an interior offensive lineman, what I suspect the Giants might do is I suspect they might go free agency for that, bring in a guy who can play all three interior line positions, and then just kind of see where you're at with, you know, Nick Gates, where he's at in his recovery, Shane Lemieux, where he's at in his recovery, uh, recovery, 
and um, you know, just go from there and then just kind of piece it all together. So that's what I think is going to, to go down in the first round with that first round. And P.S. I do not uh, rule out the possibility of the Giants trading down with one of those spots. But right now, too soon to say. Obviously, we would have to see, you know, what Carolina does and some of these other quarterback needy teams, what they would want to do as far as, you know, free agency goes if they're able to get, you know, what they need for their team. So, all right. Item number two, fact or fiction. Brian Dable will call the plays. I'm going to go with fact on that one. Okay. Again, people are like, what? Didn't we go through this already? Yes, we did. Ben McAdoo called the plays as head coach. Pat Shermer called the plays as head coach. All right, Joe Judge obviously did not. Now you're probably saying that, sitting there and saying, but Pat, you've said so many times that you don't like when a head coach calls his own plays. You're right, folks. I don't. I don't like it for the simple reason that when a decision has to be made and, you know, when the team is on defense, whether it be to call a timeout or call for, for a, um, a replay or whatever, and you have your head coach with his nose at a play card thinking ahead, not a good thing. So that being said, why do I say that it is probably going to be fact that Brian Dable will call his own plays? Well, Dable, just to be clear, said that they're going to go through the spring and the summer and see how it works out. But here's what I'm thinking. Mike Kafka, to my knowledge, has never called plays in a game. All right. Now they're putting together a new offense. I get that. They're going to probably want to get everybody settled. The last thing they're going to probably want is for miscommunication or, you know, plays not getting called in on time. So I could see a scenario where maybe Dable, whether it be for maybe, the first half this season or whatever, you know, got to get him, get Kafka used to calling plays. I could see a scenario where Dable will start the season calling the plays if the experiment in the preseason doesn't work out. So I would not rule that out at all. Do I want to see it? No, I want to see by Kafka calling the plays. But again, we have to see how it plays out because the offense is going to have enough to deal with, with a brand new system, new language, new everything. And then you throw in a new voice and whatnot. The whole cadence can get screwed up and get screwed up too easily. So that's why I think at some point, whether it be for the entire season or whether it be for part of the season, Brian Dable is going to call the place on offense. All right, folks, we've got more coming up on today's fact or fiction episode of the Locked on Giants podcast. Stick around. All right, Giant fans, we have more fact or fiction on today's Locked On Giants podcast. But first, if you are aiming to eat healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but without the calories and sugar. Most of the Built Bars contain around 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein, making it an essential part of any diet. And if you head on over to BuiltBar.com, use our special promo code LOCKED15, you will save 15% off your first order. Again, that promo code is LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I am Patricia Trena. We are doing a fact or fiction episode 
of the podcast. I'm going down a list of some questions that have kind of popped up. These are popular questions that have been uh, brought about by your specific questions to me on Twitter Tuesday or just, you know, things I get asked on Twitter. And I figured, why not make a, a fact or fiction show and kind of give some more uh, thought and more, you know, feedback into the various topics. So that is what I'm doing. Hope you are enjoying it. And um, before I get into the next batch of fact or fiction questions, just a reminder that tomorrow is Twitter Tuesday. Some of you have already begun sending in your questions, and I thank you for that. I have, a, I think, about six questions in already. But hey, listen, always room for plenty more. You know, I love getting your questions and answering your questions. You can send them to me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is below. Make sure you tag it, Ask P Train. You can email it to me at LockdownGiantsPodcast at gmail.com, or you can text or leave a voicemail on our new hotline and that number is 732-924-8580 all this is in the show notes by the way so if you're driving and you don't have a pencil handy it's all in the show notes um on youtube it's also in the show notes on all the uh audio platforms where you find us here on the lockdown giants podcast so check it out and i hope to hear from you make sure you get those questions in i'm going to probably tape this show probably around five o'clock six o'clock uh, i want to get the show in early so if, if you get your questions in by i would say four o'clock eastern time you should be good to go they'll probably make the cut if they're valid questions so all right let's get back to our fact or fiction episode here this one is a good one i think the giants will decline the 50-year options for Daniel Jones and Dexter Lawrence. Absolutely a fact. Absolutely a fact. All right. Daniel Jones, um, you know, this is a hot topic. I know a lot of people have said, well, you know, why would they want to decline Daniel Jones? Because now if he has a good year, he'll, they'll have to franchise him. They'll have to pay him more money. Look, folks, there's no cost savings if they fran if they uh, turn down... Um, Daniel Jones's option because here's the thing if he comes and has a good year this coming year you're going to want to resign him long term anyway all right so worst case scenario you use the franchise tag if you need to lock him up and you don't reach a, a new agreement by uh, the start of the new league year all right now if he doesn't have a good year now you're not on the hook for 21 million point uh, one million or whatever it is you can have a clean break and get a new quarterback in here all right so it just it doesn't make sense from a financial perspective to pick up that option year for daniel jones now what about dexter lawrence you know we don't really talk a whole lot about dexter lawrence but we need to because he is a first round pick from 2019 and he has an option year that will have to be decided on and I believe his option year um, will cost around, uh, I think, in the neighborhood of $10 million. So would I pick that one up if I'm the Giants? My answer is no. Not that I don't think Dexter Lawrence is a good player. He's a good player. He, he, you can win with him. But I think we haven't seen him take that step that everybody was hoping for 
In other words, he, you know, he's a he's a decent run stopper, but the pass rush hasn't really come. And I don't know if that's because of the development, the coaching, or what what's what the cause is, but the pass rush hasn't come with Dexter Lawrence. And for that reason, I say, you know what? I think that because the Giants are going to address the defensive line in the draft this year anyway, you could probably, you know, not turn down that option year. And if he has to walk, he has to walk next year. I mean, it's it's not the end of the world. Now, um, a lot of people are also saying along those lines, what about Saquon Barkley? And Saquon Barkley, as, as everybody knows, he's in the option year this year. And if, let's say, you know, let's say best case scenario, Daniel Jones has a big year, Saquon Barkley has a big year, Dexter Lawrence has a big year. All right. And you, you've declined Jones and, and, um, and Lawrence's fifth, uh, fifth year option. Now, what do you do? Who do you resign for big money? Well, you got to resign the quarterback. I think he he's priority number one. The running back, uh, I I think he can let him walk. I mean, as much as I like Saquon and think he could be a long term part of this of this team, I think you got to let him walk. You you just can't devote big money to a running back, in my opinion. Not for a team that that does a lot of eleven personnel and who targets most of their receivers in the passing game. If that's assuming, of course, that the Giants' offense follows what Buffalo and what Kansas City have done historically. So I don't think he prioritized the running back. If Dexter Lawrence breaks out and has a good year, do you look to resign him? You know, it it shouldn't be that difficult, you would think. But um, you know, that's how I would see it played out. And I know it's early. We've got to see how these guys will come through the season. But that's how I would prioritize stuff in terms of placing a value on those positions. All right. Next up, Lorenzo Carter is the most important UFA to be to resign. Fact or fiction? Fiction. Fiction. Okay. I spoke about uh, in the last segment about scheming pass rush. I would not break the bank to bring back Lorenzo Carter. If I could get him back on a two-year deal that is reasonably priced, would I do it? Yes, absolutely. If he's looking for top 10 money or something like that, no, see ya. I wouldn't do it. So that said, is there a player that I think should be a must-resign? amongst the Giants UFAs. Now, this is interesting because NFL.com's Gil Brandt weighed in and said that Evan Ingram would be his choice for the one UFA he would not want to see the Giants let get away. Coach Gene Clements on our Thursday show spoke about re-signing Evan Ingram, saying, who are you going to get that's better than him right now in the draft? I am not 100% sold because, again, I go back and I look at trends. And this is going to be tricky here because in Buffalo, the tight end wasn't really targeted as much as the receivers. Whereas in Kansas City, they, of course, had Travis Kelsey, who got his fair share 
of past targets. Now, like the rest of you, I have been frustrated with Evan Ingram. You know, the drop passes, the inability to separate and get open, um, just the mistakes, you know, just running routes with no purpose or, or, or direction or anything like that. I've been frustrated with him. That said, if I'm being fair, and you know that I try to be fair, folks, you know that's my MO. There have been times when Evan Ingram hasn't been used to the best of his abilities. All right. You don't ask an Evan Ingram to come back for the ball on a stick route. You just don't. You don't ask an Evan Ingram to block a guy who's 30 plus pounds heavier than him. I mean, come on. Is there a part of me that maybe wants to see what this offensive staff can do with Evan Ingram? Yes, there is. I'm not going to lie. Now, that said, do I think the Giants should bring Evan back? I would consider it on a one-year deal. I would want a one-year show-me deal. Because, again, Evan has the talent, and I know he's got an injury history and all that stuff, but he's got the talent. I know some of you are going to say, well, he hasn't shown anything in, in, in the five years he's been here. Why? What makes you think he'll show it in year six? Because of what I said before, the coaching staff hasn't optimized what this kid can do well. Call me crazy, but I think this coaching staff is going to have a, more of a clue on, as to how to optimize him. So therefore, if the Giants can get Evan Ingram back on a short-term contract, that doesn't break the bank, I don't think I'd have a problem with that. And again, this is coming from somebody who was absolutely flabbergasted and, and just totally frustrated at points last year with Evan Ingram's play. But um, I don't know. I'd, I'd, give him a, I'd give him another chance. I, I know that that means, oh, I'm a glutton for punishment. But just something I want to see in Evan Ingram's game. And I want to see if they can bring out the best in him. So, all right, folks, we are on a fact or fiction Monday here on the Lachlan Giants podcast. We have a couple more to do. We will get to those right after this. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Lachlan Giants podcast. But first, football's over and it will be over until August when we get the preseason games. But you know what? We've got basketball, college hoops, NBA. We've got hockey. Hopefully soon we will have baseball. We still have boxing we have use uh ucf we've got other sports going on right now and uh if you are looking for the best in terms of the lines in terms of the odds in terms of the latest news you will want to pay a visit to betonline.net betonline.net has a new and updated mobile website and uh, they have the best information possible so go on over check them out that's betonline.net Bet online where the game starts. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On podcast family, your team every day. We are on a fact or fiction Monday. I am Patricia Trainer, your host. And in addition, of course, to doing Locked On Giants, you can find my written work over at Giants Country. And we've got some dynamite stuff coming out for you this week including um, a series that I've started. Uh, it's going to be, it should be up on Monday at some point. If, you, if you're listening to this 
podcast or watching this podcast in the wee hours of the morning. It's probably the articles don't start to drop until eight o'clock, but um, the series that I'm doing, it's a two part series draft or free agency, how I would address each of the giants needs and who would I pick for each of the giants needs. So that's over on giants country offense is going to be on uh, Monday and then we'll do defense on Tuesday. So hope you'll check that out giantscountry.com and also speaking of giants country uh, we have a brand new newsletter format that i have rolled out um, i've heard you guys you've been asking about you know when is the old format going to be fixed well we couldn't fix it but so we went and we did a we contracted uh another service so information will be at giants country if you're interested in that all right but Let's get back to the podcast. Let's get back to the fact or fiction. Got a couple more items on the list. New York will cut cornerback James Bradbury. Fact or fiction? I'm going to say neither. All right. Why am I going to say neither? Well, I do not think James Bradbury is going to be on the Giants roster this year. Not at a reduced rate. Not at a a rate, I think he's over $20 million, uh, his cap hit. Now, will they cut him? Perhaps. But I think they're going to try and trade him first. All right? Because James Bradbury is still a very good cornerback. Not really a guy who I think can hold up and play a lot of man-to-man coverage, which is what Wink Martindale is going to be looking for. But James Bradbury can still cover, you know, some of the top receivers in the game. And he has value. So if I'm the Giants, I maybe look to see if I could swing a trade for him and get some more, quote unquote, at bats for Joe Shane, in the, in, whether it be in this year's draft or next year's draft. All right. So who would I look to see about engineering a trade with? How about the Chiefs? The Chiefs defensive secondary hasn't been stellar. Um, if I'm not mistaken, in 2022, the Chiefs play some really good receivers, um, not just in their division, but also their their list of opponents. They have some really good receivers, all guys that, you know, are, are you're talking top echelon type guys. So if you're the Chiefs and your secondary has been kind of your weak link, would it make sense to see about acquiring Bradbury? And remember, folks, if the Giants trade him, it's the same type of uh, cap savings as it would be if they were to cut him. Now, I'll get you the numbers really quick. I'm just going to pull up um, his over-the-cap numbers here. All right, so James Bradbury. Let's just pull up those numbers. Here we go. If you were to trade him, he would count... He would represent a $12.136 million savings, and he would have um, a 9.727. No, actually, that would be a little bit more because, all right, so it would be, okay, let me start again. $12.136 million savings because it would be a pre-June 1st trade, $9.727 million plus 1.363 million. So a little over 10 million dead money would hit the cap because um, 
it would all accelerate being a pre-June 1st move. It would be the same as if they cut them. You know, they would save, um, you know, the 12 million first, and then um, the remaining prorated signing bonus would accelerate. Now, what the Giants also have here with James Bradbury is he is due on March 18th a $2 million guarantee. Um, so $2 million of his set, uh, his paragraph five salary, 13.4 million is going to be guaranteed as of March 18th. The Giants tacked on a voidable year in 2023 as part of a contract restructure. And that was done when they had to convert some of his uh, 2021 money into a signing bonus. So it came out to 1.363 million per year. And, and that's the dead money that's currently sitting in 2023. All right. The Giants are going to have a lot of dead money, so they might as well just rip off the bandage as they go and try and clear $40 million or so off the books. But if they could trade James Bradbury, get a cap savings, and get a couple of draft picks, whether it be in this year's draft or next year's draft, go for it. Why wouldn't they? Now, here's the drawback. Teams are going to look at the salary cap. And they're going to say, well, there's no way the Giants are going to carry a $21.8 million cap figure on their books. No way. So they're going to cut him anyway. And why should I give up, you know, a draft pick or draft capital to get him? Well, that depends because if you feel you are one or two players away and one or two, one of those players happens to be a good cover cornerback, you make that trade. So if I'm Joe Shane... I don't necessarily sit there and wait for the Chiefs or any team for that matter to call me. I'd be proactive. You know, Dave Gettleman and company, when they were running the show, they would often sit back and wait for somebody to reach out to them. That's not the way to do business. You know, it, there's there's nothing wrong with, with gauging somebody's interest and saying, hey, you know, would you be interested in talking about a Bradbury for your second round pick? What's wrong with that? I mean, got to be proactive in this business. And I don't think the Giants have been proactive enough in the past. I think now with Joe Shane in charge, they will be more proactive. So that is my stance on James Bradbury. And oh, by the way, there are a lot of decent cover quarterbacks in this draft class. So, you know, when you cut a guy or you move a guy, you know, obviously you want to have somebody to replace him. They'll be able to find somebody to replace James Bradbury. I'm fairly certain about that so all right one more fact or fiction for you folks and that will be uh the new york giants will trade down in the first round of the draft um i'm going with fact okay i think it makes too much sense not to do it but there's a there's an asterisk here Number one, if the Giants do trade down, say from number five to, say, number nine, that's going to help their cap, all right? They'll still be in the top ten, but what that will do is that will help their salary cap situation. They won't have to pay as much to their picks as they would if they were to drop. Now, what's the difference? Let me just take a quick look, and I will tell you. Um... The Giants right now, sitting in the fifth spot, have a 20.33 million rookie pool, of which they actually need 12.575 
to sign all their picks. All right, that that rookie pool includes um, the number five and number seven picks. Now, if the Giants, let me see, go if let's say they trade down with the bear, um, the Bears. Let's say they trade their number five pick and they drop down to where the Broncos are. Broncos, I believe, are number nine. So the first round pick for the Broncos, four point four five two million. Okay. The Giants, if they stay in that number five spot, six point five eight two million. So there is a bit of a difference there. And you know, it would make sense to trade down. You could still you keep your number seven spot, especially if it's a guy that you know is going to be there at number seven. If you can trade down with a quarterback needy team that maybe wants to get ahead of the Panthers, again, assuming the Panthers are looking for a quarterback, I think you've got to make that move. All right. So I could see a scenario where the Giants trade down in the first round of the draft. I could see a scenario where they don't trade down in the first round of the draft. A lot's going to depend on these next several weeks with free agency, who picks up quarterbacks, who doesn't. Um, if there are any other trades at, above the Giants, um, so much has to, to work itself out. But from a from a um, a logic standpoint, I think it makes sense for the Giants to try and move down a little bit. They still have the same amount of picks, maybe get some more picks, have some more bargaining chips if they want to move around. And I think if you can get an extra first round pick for next year's draft, um, if you have to come up to get a quarterback, you're in good shape. And if you don't need a quarterback next year, then you can go and get your stud pass rusher. You can get um, you can get basically whatever position you need um, in next year's draft if you want to trade up. So, yes, I would tr- I would definitely make a trade down one of those those two picks, preferably the fifth round pick, depending on the quarterback situation with the other teams around me. So. All right, folks, that is going to do it for this edition of the Lockdown Giants podcast, Fact or Fiction. Hope you enjoyed it. And if you like Fact or Fiction and you'd like to see it as part of the weekly rotation here, we can do that. All I need you to do is just send me your Fact or Fiction scenarios. And what I'll do is I'll devote one day, uh, one show per week on Fact or Fiction. And uh, we'll play the game and, of course, Get me your feedback, what you think, if you agree, disagree, or whatnot. So, all right, guys, that's going to do it for me. I'll be back tomorrow with Twitter Tuesday. Get those questions in. Don't forget, get them in by 4 o'clock Eastern today, and you should be good to go. So until then, everybody, have a great one.